it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Quaint. Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. Justin over here in LA. I've got Mike over in London. Hello, my friend. Yeah, what's up, man? Not much, not much. Very exciting week ahead. We're recording this on July 4th. Happy America Day, everyone. Today, top five parodies, which was introduced by a very special guest who we will bring on shortly. But it's it's I'm very excited about this topic, Mike. Me me too. And just just to be clear, this is parody films only. Yes, parody films, not satires, which we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Anyway, before we get there, we have to talk about our spotlight of the week, which is the Amazon original The Tomorrow War starring Chris Pratt. So Mike, I'm just going to dive in here. Yeah, hit this, it. This, this isn't it. This isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's facts. So, I, so you got Chris Pratt. You've got J.K. Simmons is in here playing his father. You've got y- Yvonne Strahovski, who I love. but and, and, and we even have my girl, Marilyn Rajkub. I hope I just said her last name tiny, right. Tiny role, though. Tiny role. But, I mean, Chloe from 24 just pull up my heartstrings with this all said man this felt like i mean i usually really like chris pratt man his acting was bad in this like and and that is said with love like he is obviously you know a top tier you know he's an a-lister at this point but but man his acting i couldn't handle it in this like it the whole movie felt like one of those movies where it should have been more serious if they wanted to go for it. It should have either been like serious and just the tone needed to be slightly more serious or it needed to just be so ridiculous that it was funny and everything. This tried to do that middle ground that just made it like a bad movie. Yeah, agreed. Tonally, it was all over the place. Chris Pratt is, you know, I, I think he's super funny and, and I just don't think this was the right cast for him at all. I don't know that agreed. he'll ever be like a dramatic lead. I don't see that he needs to do that at all, but it's, you know, you, you get Amazon's thought process, right? I mean, they're like, look, we're going to throw some budget at this. We'll have special effects. We'll get an A-lister and the rest will take care of itself. And, and it didn't really, you know, I mean, it just, to be honest, the first hour was kind of okay. I was like, Oh, okay. This is just going to be like edge of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The sequel. And I was like, yeah, this like the first, like the big action set set piece that happens is pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, actually last episode we talked about with our guest that we'll get to very shortly, but it's kind of like resident evil Two, but with aliens, it was like, all right, these people are just going to be like clearing aliens for a while. And then it just shifts to like this weird, not weird, but sort of jarring, like father, daughter movie becomes like a yay, a yay science movie. Like, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. And obviously 
you know, because it's it's 2021, this is going to be 30, 40 minutes too long to deliver what it really delivers. And it's not – and at the very least, this needs to be set, like put in the theaters, right? I mean, Look, this is like, – that's- No, I agree. It, it, it felt like it was made for the small screen, but it should have been made for the big screen if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's just like a big spectacle – type of blockbuster that might have done better in like the 90s but unfortunately we get a lot of movies very similar to this now direct direct to our home and this just didn't yeah it didn't really differentiate itself in any way so i would i would give it for me it's a pass for me it's a pass as well and, and i'm gonna give it just just a bit of credit i'll give the, them this i respected that there was some originality with the plot line and I did respect that the aliens were were very hard to kill, which is a rarity. Usually it's like an easy thing. It actually was a bit of a they made they made you work for it. But outside of that, it just didn't really do it. And it's just this one's a pass. Yeah, agreed. The aliens are cool. Uh, And actually, I didn't mind the effects too much. I normally don't like overly CGI, but it felt somehow, you know, tangible and grounded except for kind of the aliens. But. Yeah, I mean, last thing I'll say is if you want to watch some good alien movies, check out our top five alien movies episode. Amen to that. Amen to that. Uh, All right. Well, before we hop into it, just need to, as usual, give a quick shout to our Patreon. If you're uh, unfamiliar, haven't heard of it yet, we have tons of bonus content on there. Three bonus episodes in July. Yes. So if you can't get enough top fives and deep dives, go there. Very cheap to sign up monthly. You're not locked in. And uh, we look forward to sharing some more exclusive stuff over there. The regular episodes will always be here and free. So without further ado, let's get into this. Top five parody movies. And returning, our favorite comedian, one of just our favorite guests, Dennis Koch Jacobs. Koch, what is up, my friend? Hello, gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, letting me come back to play in the sandbox again. I am I'm really it stoked is, about it. it. Is, it's our honor, and we're, we're very pumped to have you. This was the, the, the topic that you naturally came up with last time you were on the pod, and we didn't even have to force it. It just sort of came to fruition. There you go. You know, sometimes it, uh, magic is real, <laughs> you know? Oh, especially on this beautiful 4th of July. Yeah, Mike, uh, happy treasonous day over where you are. Amen. Amen to that. And uh, I hope you just open up your window and just yell, this bud's for you, <laughs> motherfuckers. And then just... I, just, I just wish that we could somehow get keystones over here. Just those big American flag <laughs> keystones. That's all I really want. God, that That's would just make need. the day so much better, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. Amazing. amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, so, boys, when thinking about this, I know we – Briefly touched upon this, but parody versus satire. So we're going for parody. And and to me, and tell me if you guys think of it any differently. To me, parody is when I can watch a film and point out, okay, this is specifically here making fun of either this one movie or this these handful of movies. Opposed to with a satire, it's more a take on... How would you guys define a satire? More a take on like a genre or like a culture in general? Or some like broader point about society. Yes. Yeah. Right. 
But I think it's fair to say that a lot of movies have elements of both. Of both. And and we may there may be some disagreement. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we'll we'll be able to get into it. But I, I think your your instincts are, are spot on, right? Like when we think of parody, um, there needs to be some specifics behind it. Right. So if you don't have any specifics, if there's not a specific scene or a specific um, film itself or like maybe an ultra specific trope, then I think you're going to be probably spending more time in the satire side of the world than the actual parody Mm -hmm. side of the world. Well, look, Ghost is a master of comedy, so we're going to defer to him on all things satire v. parody. Oh, thank you. That's that's what my degree says. So I appreciate that. also, so does my Weird Al Yankovic wall. Um, that's true. I have a wall that's all, uh, it's got a bunch of Weird Al wow. stuff on it. I'm a, I'm a huge, huge Al fan. Albuquerque, uh, baby. I'm, oh, God. Did I, while driving from Florida to Los Angeles, while driving through Albuquerque, put on Albuquerque? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're yes, damn right I did. I did. You're damn oh, right. Oh, my I God. Did. Big shot, Weird Al. Big shot. Love Weird oh, Al. Goodness. Goodness. The, uh, I mean, you want to talk about goats, ladies and gentlemen. There's there's nobody finer. Funny, uh, Weird Al story. Chameleon Air told him, uh, which you probably wasn't expecting any sentence to start that way. Uh, Chameleon Air told Weird Al at the Grammys when he won, um, he won like uh, it was Rap Song of the Year um, for Ryden. Um, for yeah, for for riding dirty, he told Weird Al uh, he thanked him for doing white and nerdy because that proved that that was in fact the best rap song of that year. I can't argue with Chameleon Air on that. I think I think that that works. No. <laughs> no, exactly. So yeah, parodies. Uh, parodies run deep. I've been, I wrote parody songs when I was a child. I wrote parody songs and performed them in oh, wow. college. I am. This is yeah. This is going to be the spot, gentlemen. Wow, I cannot wait. I got to say, some of these films that we're about to get into, I hadn't seen in quite some time, and revisiting them was an absolute treat. And I was wondering if certain things were going to lose a little bit of their luster for me now that I'm, you know, maybe a bit older, watched a lot of these when I was a teenager and they really didn't. There's just a good parody movie is just, just a good parody movie. And it's fun at no matter what age, you know, Mike and I were talking about like briefly off mic for a second that the, a great parody movie is, is a great movie. And if you, and if you can, appreciate you know the pieces that you know it's it's you know poking fun at or or using as inspiration then like even better um but a great movie you know still stands on its own and i was just gonna say luckily it seems like every parody movie is 88 to 92 minutes so i was able to get a whole bunch in this week you know some i haven't seen revisiting a bunch of other ones It's, it's nice and refreshing after something like like our Bond episode where we discovered like every Bond movie is 130 minutes for some reason. You didn't watch the parody of Silence called Screaming Really Loudly that went for five hours? You didn't watch that <laughs> I one? did not. I did not. No? Okay. Yeah. I'll send that please, one. I'll send please. you a link. That'll probably be Mike's number one after he watches it. Honestly, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> it's by Franklin Scorsese. You don't hear about him too often. That's my favorite Scorsese. Oh god! Yeah, yeah. He was just shooting it every time Marty said "cut." Franklin started to roll, and that's that's how that movie ended up getting made. <laughs> well, should we get it's into done. it, gentlemen? Let's do it. Who's up yeah, first? Let's today? go. I don't know. Gosh! Wow. 
Oh, sure. Whoa, what, what an honor. So we normally try to make our guests go in the middle for a first time, but you know what to do. I mean, you've been on the pod, you're a fan, so why not lead us off? Wow, gentlemen, I am, oh, God, a single tear to my eye. Thank you. Um, all right, well, then I'm going to I'm gonna do it. All right, number five for me, um, the aforementioned goat, Weird Al Yankovic, has appeared in a handful of films. Ooh including some others that might be on your list. But for me, my number five is his film, the 1989 UHF. Wow. Okay. I have to tell you up front, I haven't even seen this. I haven't either, but I know of it. Okay, so great. So I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So this is 1989. We're talking like peak Weird Al, right? Um, Peak early Weird Al. And he uh, they wrote, he wrote this movie. Um, he has a writing partner whose name is escaping me right now. So sorry. Um, but it was the idea of like, let's take Al's ability to do parodies for music and do them as a movie. So the, the basic plot line is um, Al's a, uh, lives in this small town um, in the south and his uncle ends up with like this deed to a small um, public uh, television station. Um, and he ends up like becoming the guy who runs it. Uh, and it's a UHF is the frequency for this small public television station. And the whole movie is like Al trying to pro Al funny enough plays the straight guy in this. Um, uh, I think his name is George Newman, uh, the character. And he angers the, um, the big TV, like O and O operator, um, uh, a guy named RJ, um, who tries to like shut down his small little TV station and Al puts on like the most ridiculous um, programming for it. And the movie stars, obviously I said weird. I Yankovic um, uh, Michael Richards uh, is in this um, who plays a, a janitor named Stanley Spadowski um, who was fired from our big mean TV station and ends up getting a job with Al um, as the janitor. And he eventually is given his own, a television program, which is called Stanley Spadowski's uh, Stanley Spadowski's Playhouse, and it is like Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse, and it's ridiculous. Everything about this movie is ridiculous. Parodies abound. There is abound. There is a uh, Rambo parody um, that they use in the trailer for this movie, where Al is Rambo. And he's like completely in this like huge muscle suit, um, like in a in a helicopter, just like dropping fire left, right, and center on this small village. Um, you like I said, you have parodies to to Pee Wee's Playhouse where uh, there's a moment where like Stanley grabs a kid from the audience and is like, "You get to drink from the fire hose," and the kid gets all excited, and then you see him just turn on this fire hose and this kid fly across the screen. There's a there's a parody moment from Treasure Sierra Madre with the uh, the badges. We don't need no stinking badges. Um, there's a guy who has his own um, let's let's we'll call it a zoo for lack of a better term, but it's just in his apartment. It's just full of random animals. And somebody asks him if he has any badgers, and he says, "Badgers, we don't need no stinking badgers." <laughs> um, so you get a lot of stuff like that. Also, um, Al's hit "Money for Nothing" or Beverly Hillbillies um, that was featured in that film as well. So. I uh, cannot recommend if you've not seen UHF, um, do it. Fran Drescher's in it. Victoria Jackson's in it. Um, it's great. It's so good. And you get to see Al doing parodies. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm sold. Yeah, I've heard great things from comedy fans and sort of cinephiles alike. So I absolutely do need to see this. 
Yeah, it's a, a huge cult classic now. Um, like I said, it came out in 1989. Um, the funny part is Al actually originally wanted to call it The Vidiot. And so for uh, for international territories, they called it The Vidiot from UHF in an attempt to like tie it all together. And I don't think that actually helped anything. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would. It's the yeah. whole thing. The title definitely doesn't do it any favors. Nope. Oh, man. I uh, I need to see this. I've been meaning to see this. It's been on my list for a while. I think this is going to be what pushes me to finally do it. It's so it's like it's slapstick and it's so funny. And like I said, it's it's a trip because Al is technically playing, um, like I said, like the the straight man character. Um, so you get to see all these other people be really ridiculous around him, which is a nice like change mm-hmm. of pace. Um there's a parody to Bozo the Clown in it. It's just, it's kind of like these little vignettes that have like a, 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 a strung along, you know, plot to them. Um, but high recommend. If you're talking parody films, you got to see something okay. by the goat. This is All a right. done deal. Down, you up next? I'm going to go next. So curious if anyone else has my number five, because it's, it's, it's a classic, but I'm just going to dive in. So my number five is... The first parody I ever watched, 1987's Spaceballs. I I don't, but as you know, I'm a big fan, so I'm glad you have it. Yeah, I left it off as well, so I'm really stoked that amazing, we get to Amazing, amazing. So, of course, Mel Brooks, written, directed, starring. We've got John Candy in here, Rick Moranis, Bill Pullman. We've got my girl Daphne Zuniga. It's, it's, it's a great cast. It's obviously mainly a parody of the Star, the original Star Wars trilogy, but we've got some other pokes at some other things like like Star Trek and uh, what else in there? 2001 and a couple other, Planet of the Apes, a couple other films. But man, I first saw this when I must have been like, I don't know, very young, maybe nine or 10 years old. And it, I mean, it was, it introduced me to the world of parody. I was just, I thought it was hysterical. And Mel Brooks in general is just a genius. And it was my first introduction to him. So I think anyone specifically that likes Star Wars, like I I feel like if you don't like Star Wars, it's probably hard to like this or either Star Wars. I don't like Star Wars and I love Spaceballs. I guess because it makes fun of it. Okay, that makes sense. I love it because I love Star Wars and I love all these space films and sci-fi films. And so seeing something poke fun at it and be, knowing everything is just amazing to me. But I guess on the on the other side of the coin, there's Mike who doesn't love space, doesn't love Star Wars, probably gets a fucking kick out of the fact that this is just giving all those movies shit. Am I right, Mike? Yeah, exactly. I think everybody can love us, fans and non-fans alike. I don't know how many like non-fans of Star Wars they are. Pretty much by myself there. Yeah, yeah that convention has a lot <laughs> less <laughs> I love Spaceballs. I love it so much. And I, I think it's – but it's funny, Mike, because this is exactly what we were talking about, right? Like you understand some of the references, but you don't like Star Wars. But this is such a well-made movie. And it, the script is so funny um, that it still works and it's still – you know, you still love it. Um it's also got just wonderful one-liners in it. Um, funny, she doesn't look Druish. It's literally the one that I was thinking of. <laughs> this is so just so good. funny. It's amazing. And like, 
a lot of, you know, I mean, especially when you're watching it for the first time, like if you're younger, you're like, I don't understand that line at all. Then later you're like, that's hysterical. Yes, yes, yes. Um, between that, you've got um, when they're combing the desert, literally combing the <laughs> desert. It's like, wait, wait oh, shit. shit. <laughs> uh, Rick Moranis is a force in that movie. Too. Oh, my God. It, it, it might be. It might be my favorite role of his. Him, him with like like Mel Brooks as a combo is like the I guess the Emperor, right? And, yeah. and Darth Vader is just incredible. Yes. Um, also, I did not mean to use force um, that way, but <laughs> I think it worked. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it so much. You know what? I think I actually have. If you'll bear with me, hold on. Stay here yes. one second. I think I have something here. Is this going to be like a Spaceballs doll, like the way he pulls it back, and it's like. Okay, yes, I do. Sorry, back here. I do. I actually have a copy of Spaceballs. It's signed by George Weiner, um, who you guys would know was the number two to Dark Helmet. Oh, my God. Um, And my copy says, to Dennis, may the Schwartz be with you. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah. uh, Good pick. Thank you. Thank you. So many, so many good moments. You went over my helmet. It's just great. And and, and I I just love Mel Brooks in this one. He just kills me. Like the part with the luggage where he's like, oh my God, that's amazing. It's the same combination as my luggage. Yes. And then all the, all the product placement. So much product placement. Baseball's the (laughs) flamethrower. Yeah. (laughs) It's just incredible. And then when he's like, that, that whole diatribe of like what his dad is to him, like brothers, friends, friends from college. like. What does that make me? Absolutely Absolutely nothing. (laughs) So good. I had a buddy of mine, quick shout out to Matthew Crespi. I had a buddy, he watched it. It was his favorite movie when he was a kid. And um, his parents rented it from the video store so much that they, the video store just gave it to him. And then when he was, when he was in like, I don't know, second grade or something, he went as barf for Halloween but like none of his other friends' parents were letting his friends watch that movie, so he had a name tag that said, "I'm Barf, you know, from Spaceballs." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is God. fantastic! Solid pick, sir. Thank you, sir. Now for the wild card, Mr. Mike. No, no, my list is very conventional. I love it. I swear. Let's see I swear. if that's real. My 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 earliest movie is like '84 uh, or something, so we're not going too far back. Um. Mine is uh, 2004's Kung Fu Hustle. Ooh, okay. So this is a Stephen Chow movie who is like a super underrated director. I, I haven't seen all of his films, but every time I watch one, I kind of mean to go back and see the other ones. Obviously, Shaolin Soccer is like a famous one. From Beijing with Love is a funny like Bond parody. And this is, it's sort of a, this is, I don't know, I think an interesting one for discussion because it is, you know, parody in the sense that it's imitating a variety of other martial arts and, and somewhat gangster films um, and taking them to extreme, extreme places. It has like this whole kind of Looney Tunes. Uh, it has a whole like Wiley Coyote set piece, but it has a bunch of other stuff, you know, references to it. Um, but at the same time, if you haven't seen or get all the specific references, which I, I personally don't, there's a lot of Hong Kong movies that are being referenced. Even if you don't get them, it still just works um as as a funny movie um and and also the the action choreography is just incredible you know and the just overall i should say the the quality of this film just the production value is a lot higher than you get 
from a bunch of other parodies. And I, and I think, yeah, I've got to hear the budget was 20 million, which is pretty high yeah. for a lot of these other parodies. I'm sure yeah. that we'll reference. And he's again, a great filmmaker. So it totally works um, outside of being a parody, but then there's a bunch of other, you know, funny references in it as well. I haven't seen, I think I saw that movie when it first came out and was just like, this is so much fun. It was yes, like it just an absolute blast. I also saw it right when it came out. And I remember when it first came out, it was like we were, Mike, I think you and I were like maybe 15 or something. And somewhere around there. But I just like, I, I wasn't quite there where I I could appreciate what was going on. And then I saw it again like five years later and I was like, this is hysterical. Yeah, it's just, and I think Coach, you totally nailed it. It's just a good time, no yeah. matter how you're sort of watching it or what yep. age you are or what references you get. It's just a fucking great time. The action's there, the comedy's there, you know, the, the obviously the quality's there overall. It's got, got great music. It's just a, a really, really interesting film. And and Stephen Chow is just a, a, an interesting filmmaker that I think uh, d- deserves a revisit from everybody, really. I agree. That's yeah. a great pick. That's a I great dig it. Five. Well, that's you, Coach. We're back to you, oh. my friend. All right. Well, this is actually kind of fun. Um, I'm just I'll, I'll I'll give you a quick little tidbit, and then I'll say the name, and it may be on your list, so I'll pause. Um, but going from uh, a movie that was made for twenty million um, to a movie that was made for just under four, but made twenty million in the box office. Um, my number four is a 1996's "Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood." Oh, it's it's not on my list. It, it's not on mine either. But what a All great right. film! Yeah, All right. Okay, great. I am stoked right now. Yeah. Um, yes. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking juice in the hood, or just don't be a menace. Um, is one of the funniest movies I think I've ever seen. Um, by far. Uh, it is a Wayans Brothers production. Um, you've got uh, it stars uh, Sean and Marlon Wayans, um, and it is a parody to almost all the movies that are actually listed in the title itself, yeah. um, such as Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, uh, Menace to Society, South Central, and Juice. Um, and it's it's so so funny. Just like I, I mean. Talk about quotable lines, left, right, and center. Um, uh, Marlon Wayne's uh, character, um, when he pulls out the missile, um, saying, do we have a problem? Um, is, is so good. Um, you have everything from um, uh, all of the characters themselves are also parodies, which I thought is pretty cool. Um, so like Sean's character um, is based on uh, Trey Styles from Boys in the Hood, Bobby Johnson from South Central, uh, Kane Lawson from Menace, um, Marlon's based on, and they're all based on like multiple characters essentially from each of those, a character from each of those movies. Um, and it's so, so specific to where Keenan Ivy Reigns appears as the uh, the mail carrier, and every time there's like a deep moment, he goes, Message! And, uh, <laughs> like, just yeah. to really, like, really just, uh, you know, uh, push it home there. Um, Vivica A. Fox uh, is Sean's, by the way, Sean's character's name is Ashtray, uh, <laughs> or Trey for short. Vivica A. Fox is in one scene. She drops him off at his dad's house in the hood, 
And he goes, well, I see you again. And she says, sorry, baby. You know there ain't no positive black females in these movies. <laughs> it's so – it's just – it's the kind of parody that's like next level. Like we're going to really ramp – like make sure everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. And it's just incredibly funny. Bernie Mac as officer self-hatred. Oh, my God. Yeah, I hate my gums because they black. Like it's <laughs> – get out of here. <laughs> it might be their most – like clever ever that they've done and like it it just i remember as a kid we would watch this a lot and it is just so so good and it holds up so well today yeah shout yes. out shout out brett warner who's the one that maybe watches for the first time in college down he was like obsessed with this film and i like i'd never seen it and it just absolutely slayed me wait wow i didn't realize he was yeah shout out brett we haven't seen him in forever but yeah. maybe one day he'll listen to the pod my brother's text message tone was message for like years <laughs> that's fantastic this, this was a mainstay in our household oh also just while we're here i'm assuming this isn't going to be on anybody else's list so i'm gonna get you sucka was very very yeah being my great yes five. absolutely that's i actually haven't seen that one. Oh, that's that's another one it's, it's keenan uh, directed it it's it's really fucking funny okay yeah. well i have to do it and there's an absolutely hilarious cameo by chris rock in it Oh, I'm gonna get you. Yeah, yeah. Where he just orders the rib. Yes. <laughs> All right, I need to see this because I am a massive, massive Chris Rock fan. Yeah, he's um, so funny. It's a good moment. Well, gents, I'm just gonna carry us right on to my number four because the theme is just never ending. Speaking of our beloved Wayne's brothers, my number four is 2000 Scary Mood. Oh wow. Okay, nice. Yeah, I, I left this off my list. So once again. Nice. Here we go. This is working out so far. This but wait, is working Dan, before out you so get far. started, so Coach, you are on the record as saying Scary Movie 2 is superior. Yes, which I stand by wholeheartedly. Okay, so yes. I disagree. I disagree. How does um, it feel to be wrong? <laughs> you no, know, it's never tasted I've, so goddamn good in my life. I've never, I've never felt it, so I, I don't quite know how it feels. Just describe it to me slowly. Beautiful feeling. Beautiful feeling. Scary Movie. I mean... As kids, I can say definitely like for at least when I was born, this was the parody movie that really, yes, for me, I saw Spaceballs first, you know, some, some people saw that stuff. This was like the one that kicked it all off for me and my friends. It was like, we'd all seen Scream. We'd all seen, I know what you did last summer. And then this comes out and just, I mean... It was fucking hilarious. And the Waynes Brothers, I mean, just think about all that we've said about the Waynes Brothers over the last five minutes. They were on top of the world at this point. It, yeah. You know, so again, this one's directed by Keenan Ivory Waynes, written by Sean and Marlon, starring, you know, both of them. It's just hysterical. You have Carmen Electra in the opening scene playing the Drew Barrymore character from uh, Scream. And even in that first scene, I was just dying from, you know, her farting to then the the, the popcorn bag just getting so big every time it goes back to it. And then, of course, the infamous, you know, him stabbing her breast implant. Man, it just doesn't stop. It's it's, and of course, this is what brought Anna Ferris really into the mainstream and started her whole career. And speaking of. 
it came out on July 7th. So when this episode releases, it's almost exactly the 21 year anniversary. We got to buy it a drink. But yeah, I mean, this was a monster. It was made for 19 million and went on to make almost 300 million at the box office. Jeez. Spawned an entire franchise. Uh, I'll give you this, Kosh. Two is the only other one I like. And the reason being, not because the others are terrible or anything, but it's a rated R franchise that they turned PG-13 starting with the third film, which that really rubs me the wrong way with any any franchise. If you start as an R, you stay as an R. The whole, the types of jokes you can tell are different. And... That always bothered me. And they and I, I saw three. I don't think I saw past that, but it it was it was fine. But like it just wasn't what I had come to want from these movies. Uh but this one to me, again, I love the original I love all the screams, but the original is of course my favorite. And I love uh I love I know you did last summer back then. And I mean this is just direct parody of those two films. And it's yeah fantastic yeah i think actually you know it's funny now that i think about it i i think scary movie one is definitely the superior parody film of the franchise Mm -hmm. um i think in scary movie two they actually get away from uh as much as those like direct scene parodies um whereas like that's what scary movie one is based on right it's it's built upon all of those don't you have the um the scream mask does like the WhatsApp thing in the yeah, first one, yes, right? Yes, um, yes. With the tongue sticking out. Um, you had to be there. Yeah. That's, can you imagine like a kid watching that now? Like, absolutely no idea what. Wait. About. Yeah. Hold on. Yes, because ready. Here's here's a real time update. My uh, my sister very recently, like last week, uh, uh, was teaching my nephew, uh, who's like ten months old, how to do the WhatsApp with his tongue sticking out. And she like posted a video on Facebook. She's like, isn't this cute? It's from Scary Movie. And I was like, no, it's not. It's from a beard commercial that I in Scary Movie. She was like, I had no idea. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's amazing. I know. Those beard commercials were literally the best beard commercials that there ever were. It was, I mean, oh, goodness. But talk about like, and I think that's a great thing that, that, Scary Movie One does so well. Like we, I mean, that moment right there, mixing two of the biggest things in the zeitgeist at mm-hmm. once. Um, yeah, I would say that's definitely the the superior parody movie. Um, sequel still better, but yeah. <laughs> I I watched both this week, and I was like, through the first half of two, I was like, oh wow, one is definitely better. But then the second half is really really strong too. It has like all the biggest laughs. And yeah. I kind of came away being like, these are these are pretty much equal to me. Not to not really weigh in, but they're really, really close. And what does that say? Like, that's pretty impressive that a, a spoof film sequel could be as good or to some better than the original. I mean, that's unheard of. That's unheard well, of. Well, As I say, it, tell, it tells me that Mike didn't waste four hours. That's all I know. Those four hours well spent. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, no, no, Mike, you, yeah, you're right. There might be a couple others too, but but it's but it's relatively rare. Relatively rare. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I don't think I even saw three or beyond, to be honest. I maybe I did, but I don't. They're not memorable anyway. Well, well, I was yeah, I was just gonna say because my number four is a parody sequel. Uh. And it is a first-time watch for me. 
this week. Oh. And it is 100% recommended by Kosh. Oh, nice. I know what you're going to pick. This is great. We slipped this into the honorable mentions of our sequel episode, and I had not seen the original or this one. Okay. Uh, I did it the Kosh way. I watched the sequel first, and then I was so good, I had to go back and watch the original. Came away with the sequel being like pretty significantly better. Yeah. And that is 1993's Hot Shots Part 2. Wow. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. I am. Oh, this is great. Um, it's on my honorables, but yes, please go. So I watched, I don't even know how many parody movies this week. And, and, on, <laughs> and on most of them, you know, humor is subjective, right? So you get, a, you know, a few chuckles there. Or they're all like, you know, somewhat similar in a sense. And this one, I was just dying. I was absolutely <laughs> cackling all over the place. It was just killing me. Um, so this is the, you know, the first one is like a Top Gun thing. This one is like a Rambo thing. Yeah. Uh, both obviously with Charlie Sheen and, and a few other recurring characters. But this, uh, I think what separates this one for me the most is just the sheer density of the gags. You know, there's just little like sight gags, uh, like, like a mile a minute. And a lot of them aren't even called out, you know, like when he's, he's just looking through the, the the fridge, like it's Saddam looking through the fridge and he has like falafel helper, and yes. like hungry nomad, like just silly stuff like that. Or like when uh, they go in to rescue the colonel and there's like all the people in cages, like at the very top of the screen, like never even referenced again. They're just like go-go girls, like go-go dancers. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's very, it's very similar to another – uh, so this is directed by Jim Abrams. It's very, uh, but it's very similar to another one of his films um, and some of the other films. Did that, you just uh, say J.J. Abrams by accident at first? Jim, 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 I think it's a Jim, but maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Um, but the the Zucker, a, Zucker, Abrams, Zucker, Zaz, right? Zaz, yeah. It's similar to another one of those films that I will reference later. But yeah, this one, it just had me absolutely dying. And I could not believe... Um, how good it was. And then I watched the first one and the first one is, is truly just, just all right for me. I still need to see this and you know what? It might just be perfect for our next catch up episode. It's so, so incredibly funny. The, like the, um, the, like, opening like kumite thing where they're, they're dunking their hands into like what is gonna be oh, oh he does the toppings <laughs> yeah, yeah like the one guy is like picking all of these like shavings and like um like think like glass and stuff that's gonna make his punches stronger and charlie sheen's character topper is dunking it into like caramel sauce and then like m&ms it's it's so funny um here's here's a fun here's a fun uh, hot shots moment. So my first uh, real job in town was on um, uh, Two and a Half Men. That was like my first real PA job was on that show. And the second, second or third year, um, I was on that show. Um, I'm outside, like going to uh, invite Charlie to come to set. And this guy comes up to me, uh, older Asian guy, and he's like, "Hey, is Charlie around?" And I was like, uh, "Well." who's looking for him right you know protective of your actors and like we're at we're at a, a lot we're at the warner brothers lot so like you know yes there could be you know uh other people just you know random people on the tour or whatever you don't know you're not just yeah. gonna give away the your actor's location and he says his name which is escaping me right now i'm so sorry and i look at him and he looks really familiar and he goes i'm the guy that charlie kicks in the nuts and hot shots part do <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> yes, hold on let me go get him <laughs> 
And it turns out he was working on Inception at the time um, and was like, you guys got to come see the Inception set. Uh, which we went over to later. But it was like the funniest thing. I was like, Charlie. And he's like, hey, how are you? Like recognized him immediately. They talked for a while. It was very cool. That is an amazing story. That, that, yeah, that really is. What, what, I mean, and Charlie is just, I can't believe how big Charlie Sheen got for this movie. He looks jacked. Jacked. Like, absolutely <laughs> jacked. And it's, it's really so big. It's pretty faithful to like Rambo 2. Like, it's, and Rambo 2 is already so ridiculous that it's not, I don't think it's that hard to like make, make fun of it in a meaningful way. Like the beginning, like you said, like just after he does like the Kumite, he's like living with the monks. Like it's very similar to how Rambo 2 actually opens where Stallone is like, what is he like? He's like mining or something. Like, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For just like no reason whatsoever. There, there's the scene where their shadows are keep fighting each other even yes. after like they, they take a break to get some water and Gatorade. And it's it's totally watchable having not seen Hot Shots Part One at all. But the only thing I will say that makes it even funnier is that in Hot Shots, Lloyd Bridges plays the admiral that like 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 keeps getting everything wrong and is like a total like joke. And then in this one, he's become the president. Yes. So like that, you cash it on that joke even more having seen the first one. But he's he's a great character either way. Um, really, I am I am honored that uh, that you took that recommendation and enjoyed it so. So, so good. Oh, does that bring it to me for three? It does yeah. indeed. Okay. Um, number three is, is, is probably one of my, like, this came out um, like late high school for me. I saw it with one of my best friends in the world. We still quote this movie, one very specific line to each other all the time. Um, and I don't know how many people have actually seen it, but it is 2002's Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Okay, so I was going to mention this when I mentioned Kung Fu Hustle, so I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, same, because when you said Kung, I was like, oh no, all right. This one is so fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Okay, so now when we talk about parody films, this this is probably like as close to a parody, like a pure parody movie as possible, because it literally takes a film that already was made and more than half of the movie is superimposed into that film. So the original movie is a movie called Tiger and Crane Fists. Uh, it was also called Savage Killers. It's from 1976. And it's uh, uh, Stephen Odekirk, not to be confused with Bob Odenkirk. Um, <laughs> and uh, he like he superimposes uh, himself and like writes this whole this whole ridiculous. Um, chosen one kung fu type story um uh into this this other film and it is ridiculous i mean it's it's like slapstick comedy um at its at its most just quintessential slapsticky kind of comedy um there's a parody of the matrix um in it as well um because our lead fights a cgi cow um, and at one point there is a, the bullet time, uh, scene is replicated with the cow shooting milk out of its udders. Um, oh listener, you may think that I've completely lost my mind, but that actually happens in a movie that's available now on Hulu. <laughs> um, right. so yes, definitely. I, I love this movie so much. It's so ridiculous. The line that, uh, that my buddy and I quote all the time, he, yeah, what is he it? goes, he goes to, uh, to order some peanuts and he's like, can I get two pounds of, of peanuts? And the guy just goes, that's a lot of nuts. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the it's, it's so silly. So yeah, my buddy and I just be like, that's a lot of nuts to like nothing. Um 
uh, Odakirk does like a ton of voices in it too. Um, he plays multiple characters. Um, it's really, really funny. I think there's also, there's a fifth element parody moment to it as well. Um, there's a character whose name is Woe, and she is a woman who has one large middle yes. breast. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Only appears like two or three times. Yes. Um, it, yeah, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, Gopher Nunchucks are in it. I mean, I don't know what else you want out no, of a gopher movie. Gopher Chucks. Don't go for Chucks. Gopher Nunchucks. Excuse me, I Gopher Chucks. Gopher Chucks. <laughs> That's right. Yes. And I rewatched it like last week just to make sure that I wasn't completely insane. It was like, oh no, I still really like this movie. Okay, when I first saw this movie, I truly couldn't handle it. I was like, no, no, no. This is just, this has gone over the line for me. I can't even watch this. Then, of course, in later years, I was just like, this is, I mean, oh my God. It's almost so ridiculous that it's genius. Yes. Oh my God. Is I, I can just tell you the first time I saw this, Coach, I hated it. I hated it. I was That's just fair. like... I was just like, no, 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 no. This is too much for me. And then once, you know, I had some years behind me and had seen many more films and could appreciate a lot more different brands of comedy, I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely outrageous in just a fantastic way. For me, uh, the, the cow fight is great. And I also like in sort of outtakes that are included where they show him trying to do like the slide over to the udders <laughs> yes. many times. But what always sticks out to me about this movie are two, like not even words, but just like sounds, which are like the main bad guy, Betty's laugh. Betty, yeah. <laughs> And then, and then also, oh my God, what's the like the main sort of female lead? Uh, 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 oh God, yes. Name? No, I was gonna say Wimplo, but that's the other guy. No. Um, I'll I'll think of it. Anyway, anyway, her her, her like crying, or she's just like, wee wee wee. Absolutely kills me. It's oh so my God! Funny. Yes, completely, completely great. Like. And there's one scene with her dad where he starts to do it, and he's just like, "Oh no!" Also, yes. isn't this the one where they they just keep having the 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 intentionally bad dubbing? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Oh yes, so much so, so, like, and they good. really lean into it. Like, there's a moment where the dog barks, and then there's silence. That he goes, <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. "Yeah," and it is, you know, it's, it is so funny because like there are a lot of films especially in like the eighties that take like different pieces of Hong Kong films and just like add random scenes with ninjas. That was like a totally legitimate thing to do. Uh, and doing it at this level is it's creatively just like super funny. Um, but yeah, it just, it works for this film. Uh, and it's taken to obviously extremes, but like just parts where like a guy's like coughing for no reason whatsoever <laughs> that they like add in, like that there's like a fly flying yes. into his mouth that they like put in there. Just brilliant film. Uh, Ling, by the way, Ling, the, Ling, yes. Um, it's yeah, I, you know, it's it's funny because, like I said, I was I I was like, am I the only one who thought this was funny? And then maybe I was just you know too young. And then I watched it again. And I was like, no, 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 this is really funny. I mean, he's <laughs> literally like the idea that the the evil guy is like call me Betty, and then they all just refer to him as Betty for the rest of the time. Um, and there's the scene where like the, the one guy has been like stabbed and he's like all bandaged up and then the master is just like rubbing him. It's so, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yes. If you have not watched this film in a long time or ever, um, as of the date of this recording, it's streaming on Hulu and I cannot recommend it enough. And once again, it's super short. 
Great, great, great pick. I, I was thinking about this movie as I was making the list, and I was hoping somebody would have it just because we had to discuss it. Okay, my number three. My number three is probably the only one on my list that I feel like definitely is also a satire. But I've made the executive decision that I think it's at least equal parts parody and satire. And therefore, it is going to be on my list because it is one of my favorite comedies ever. And it just has to happen. That is 2004's Team America World Police. Oh, this is a parody for sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, obviously, there is the satire just dealing with how America perceives itself and whatnot. But it absolutely, I mean, it is a direct parody of the the old Thunderbird uh, marionette TV series. But then also, of course, just, just every big action film, all the Jerry Bruckheimer type action films. From the South Park team. So, of course, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and this fucking movie. I I love everything these guys do. Massive, you know, back in the day, I was a massive South Park fan. The movie was one of my most watched movies growing up. And when Team America hit, I could not believe how funny it was. I would just quote it endlessly. Um, it's essentially, if you've never seen it, they have these marionette like dolls we'll say that these puppets that they use as the characters and it's just so graphic as as is typical for these guys and just makes so much fun of i mean everyone as they always do there's there's no one that is that is saved but I don't even know where to start, honestly, with this because I'm overwhelmed because of how much I love it. But like <laughs> from from, of course, these guys tend to make their stuff into musicals as well. And all the songs in this are just next fucking level. Uh, I mean, America, fuck yeah. Let's go. Uh, everything, of course, with just Kim Jong-il and I'm so Ronry. Um <laughs> Of course, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Some of the freedom is in Pearl free. Harbor sucked. Oh my god, Pearl Harbor sucked. I miss you. And I yeah. miss you. One of the greatest <laughs> songs. Because Pearl Harbor sucked, and I miss you. It's just about that movie and how much they hated that movie. <laughs> I know. And then fucking montage. It's gonna be a montage. 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 Oh, but of course, the famous puppet sex scene, um, the list goes on and on. I mean, oh, my God, the speech in our top five movie speeches episode. This one, it's just so much fun. Also, one of my favorite lines, Jesus, titty fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I just I absolutely love this movie. I think it's I think Trey Parker and Matt Stone just do some of the most clever comedy around and this one just might take the cake for me for them it's 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 brilliant yeah i i wish i could remember like the exact line but it's early on when they're in uh paris and they have like the whole scene around the eiffel tower and like after they blow up everything he's just like don't worry everything is bone <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just so so silly so i uh, i'll pass it to coach in a sec but i was just gonna say so i 
I didn't repeat any genres. I tried to do like individual genres. Uh-huh. So my, my big action one was obviously Hot Shots, um, but this was definitely, definitely in the running. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ton. There's also like a ton of direct parodies in this too, right? I mean, the fact that like um, our main our main character, the actor, is in a play called Lease instead of Rent, <laughs> um, yes. and the song is Everyone Has AIDS. Also, the um, uh, remember the what, what was it that? Uh, oh my God, what's the? Uh, I'm trying to remember which character says it. When he's talking about like how he doesn't like actors because he was like gang raped by the cat, the cast yeah, of cats, of cats yeah, Mr. Mustafalis, yeah, it's, <laughs> um, absolutely. And then also, uh, fun facts about uh, about this movie that are just buried in my mind somewhere. So Matt and Trey actually originally wanted to do a Thunderbirds movie. They wanted to do a very like. I mean, serious for what the Thunderbirds was, but like not like a, a ripoff or parody or anything. They wanted to make the Thunderbirds movie. So they approached the studio to do it, who owned the rights. And the studio told them, well, we're already making a Thunderbirds movie, but we're doing it live action. And they were like, no, that's that's going to be terrible. Like, just let us do the Thunderbirds movie with the puppets. And they mm-hmm. go, no, we've already committed to doing it, but you guys can have the puppets. So they're like, all right, fine. Fuck you. Watch this. So they made Team America with those very specific puppets because they weren't allowed to make an actual Thunderbirds movie. Oh my god! Um, which is incredible. And then the other funny thing is the the Matt Damon, as you called out, like so they're they're making fun of all these celebrities, but they actually really like Matt Damon. And so they were like, we don't want to do anything like really mean to Matt Damon because we like Matt Damon. So we'll just have him say his name in like a silly way. And then that stuck so much more than they ever thought it was going to and like became a thing that Matt Damon heard all of the time. And that was like, that wasn't our intention at all. Yeah, and I, I think I remember reading last time we talked about it that they, they've also like asked, people have asked Matt Damon, like, what do you think about it? And he's like, well, I have no idea what I did to these guys. I think yeah. they're great and I love it. And that was the whole thing like <laughs> They liked him too. They were just like, we're going to include Matt Damon, but we don't want to do anything like mean to him. <laughs> and it's so funny because like, I remember that Matt Damon like said a thing where like he like loves them and like didn't understand the whole joke, but it's like, it's like so funny because it ended up being one of the single most memorable things of the film. By far, like by far. That movie is so, so funny. It is so ridiculous, but it's like, I need you to suck my dick yes, now. Yes. <laughs> it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I literally almost said that earlier. Um, uh, oh my God. Also, the that day they did a jihad on me. <laughs> I'm going to do a jihad on you. It's, oh God, it's so they funny. Terrorist. Terrorized. Yeah. <laughs> it is very much of the moment um, that it came out and, uh, yeah, I high recommend rewatching that one. Very quick. This is a, a kind of a well-known story, but lesson to any filmmakers out there. The sex scene was made deliberately even more ridiculous than what we get to see so that, you know, the MPA would make them take some stuff out and then they could so. take out some other stuff and still have it be incredibly ridiculous. So yes. make and your film, dodge the censors. And I fucking love... Uh, is it is it yeah it's it's Trey Trey Parker's quote on t- going back and forth with the MPAA 
He goes, I have it pulled up here. It's a back and forth with the board. They said it can't be as many positions, so we cut out a couple of them. We love the golden shower, but I guess they said no to that. But I just love that they have to watch it. Seriously, can you imagine getting a videotape with just a close-up of a puppet asshole and you have to watch it? <laughs> that is so hilarious. Also, if you haven't seen the documentary, this film is not yet rated. Check that out as well, because that whole organization is fucked. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, and if you want a documentary that make you feel good about Matt and Trey, go watch it. Was it Eight Days to Air? Yes, yes. Yeah. Six, it's six, six, right? six, 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 yeah, six, six days. Six. Six days great, to air. great little documentary. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So good. So um, much love for Matt and Trey here. Oh, oh, shout out best. to the men. Shout out to the boys. But uh, absolutely the best. But yeah, Team America, World Police. Check it out. Check out all their stuff. And Mr. PTM, it's time for you. All right, my number three, very well known. Um, I hadn't seen this since I was a teenager and I just thought, yeah, you know, I'll throw it on. It was on, I think prime here or something like that. So I threw it on one night and I just, I could not believe how much better it was than I remembered. And that is 2001's not another teen movie. I have it higher. Fuck. Okay. You son of a bitch. I, I left it off in hopes that one of you gentlemen would have it. Okay. I cannot wait to talk about it with you, Tim. I cannot wait, my friend. And I'm happy to give it up because that means it's number two over to Coach. Amazing. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Um, and yes, looking forward to getting into that one because, oh boy, what a it's special. All right. My number two um, is one of my favorite movies of all time um, and uh, also just shows a little bit more of the genius that is Mel Brooks. Um, and funny enough, um, was was kind of panned when it came out. A lot of the critics critics did not like it. Um, but he has said recently that this movie and Spaceballs are actually the two most lucrative um, films that he's ever made, as far as like um, beyond the box office, right? Whether that's DVD sales or home video sales or anything like that. But that is um, 1993's Robin Hood Men in Tights. Wow! Nice. I, I did. A, I did a, a lot of Mel Brooks watching this week. That was included. That is. Oh my god! I love this movie. Great pick. Obviously, we are talking about a parody of the Robin Hood story. Um, so it pulls from from all of the ones that you know and love. Um, Disney's Robin Hood, the Errol Flynn Robin Hood, but it's mostly, mo- most loosely, if you will, based on Prince of Thieves, uh, Robin uh, Robin Hood film. Um, so much so that even Gary Elways calls out uh, that, that his Robin Hood is better because he can speak with a British accent, um, <laughs> yeah, which is great. Uh, it's so funny. Just like, first of all, it gave us uh, Dave Chappelle's first film debut. As Achu. Um, as Achu, that's right. Um, <laughs> this I am a sneeze and this is my son, Achu. <laughs> um, it's got like... Just so many, like I said, so many great, so many great one-liners. Uh, speaking of a chew, uh, when uh, when he first meets Blinken, the blind servant, and he says, "This is a chew," and he goes, "A Jew here," <laughs> um, which I love. Uh, and then it says, "This is Blinken." He says, "Hey, Blinken." He goes, "Did you say Abe Lincoln?" Says, no, I said, "Hey, Blinken." Um, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's uh, I, I. It's got. Um, it's got music in it too. There are um, uh, two different um, musical uh, numbers in it: the the Men in Tights song itself, and then the um, oh gosh, the ballad um, that they sing uh, like when they're behind the curtain at the campfire that all the guys start watching. Oh yeah, it's really great. Richard Lewis as the king. 
uh, as King so John. Good. With his mole that moves all over his face throughout the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And when it's pointed out, he says, wasn't your mole on the other side? And he goes, I have a mole? <laughs> um, yes, men in tights. Tracy Ullman is the witch. Oh, God, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. The name was Latrine. And he says, she says, we changed it. He said, you changed it to Latrine? She goes, yeah, it used to be shithouse. It's a good change. It's a good change. Uh, yeah, Richard Lewis is hilarious. This is such a great movie. Such a great movie. And like I said, the parody stuff is is really, I mean, it's throughout. You also get like um, uh, Mel Brooks, um, uh, Mel Brooks as the as the rabbi in this. It's also the first movie since um, uh, Young Frankenstein, where Mel Brooks is not top build um, in his in one of his movies um, and takes a minor role. And um, it's just, I mean, it's just so funny. I think I saw. I mean, I saw it when it first came out, so I was a little bit young. But I, I laugh like I've never seen it every time I watch it. It's definitely my favorite. It's my favorite, honestly. I know it's a parody, but it's my favorite Robin Hood like interpretation on the screen. I love it so much. Well, and he's so smooth. So yeah, smooth. he really is. It's a great cast. It's a great cast. Also, we got Patrick Stewart in there. Don't forget. Yep. Oh, yes. Sir Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick. Which which leads me to the probably my favorite line of the entire film at the very end, where they're just like, a black sheriff? And he's like, it worked in Blazing Saddles. It worked in Blazing <laughs> Saddles. He calls out his own work. Incredible. But same also, thing. Lincoln goes, he's black? Because he's been blind the entire time. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, are we, I think we're, I guess we're probably done with Mel Brooks for this episode, right? I don't have any more Mel on yeah. my list. So, but, yeah, you called out, I mean, Young Frankenstein, obviously, the History of the World Part 1, which didn't hold up too well for me and has some some tough moments, but I yes. mean, there's just they go on and on for Mel Brooks, a true, true genius, true, true legend. And I'm a massive producers fan. I mean, it's not not really a parody, but just while we're here. But it's, I mean, yeah, it's just so so funny. Like the fact that Mel Brooks was able to to have the career that he has had and had the impact that he has had, um, him and you know and Carl Reiner, like that whole group that he came up with, like I don't know. To get sentimental for just a quick second, gentlemen, like just I feel like we're very, very lucky that people get to make things that they love. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get the option to make something that you love and you get something to, to make something that brings people such like humor is very hard to do that lasts and that connects with people. And when it works, um, I think it's something that should be celebrated, uh, much like uh, Mel. Well said. Well said, and and yeah, I mean, even if some of his moments don't necessarily hold up, it's there's a lot. I mean, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, he paved the way for a lot of people. And also, Town, I'm sure you know already, but championed uh, David Lynch, you know, early on yes. in his, his film career yes. as well. So. Which is unbelievable because it's almost like yeah. two very different worlds colliding. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, just while we're talking about a town, I know on a recent episode we were debating how to say Carrie El- Elwes's name. Elwes, we were trying yeah. to figure it out. So I had to look it up when watching Men in Tights this week. So Elwes, Elwes, yes, Elwes. Yes. Carrie Elwes, yes, yeah. Carrie Elwes. That episode might not have even have aired by the time you hear this. But. <laughs> <laughs> great, great number two. Great number two. All right, my number two 
Speaking of sequels that I believe are better than the original, we're taking it to 1999. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Nice. And thank you. I And I love both one and two. I think Old Member is a little weaker, but one and two, very close for me. I give two a slight edge. We've got the introduction of Mini-Me, played by Vern Troyer, may he rest in peace. We've got Fat Bastard, introduced. And Heather Graham's great in this. Although I have to say, of course, Elizabeth Hurley in the in the first one is fantastic. But um, this movie, these the Austin Power f- films in general, they're so fucking funny. I was so excited about these as a kid. They directly spoofed the James Bond franchise, which, as you may have heard in our James Bond episode. I did not even fully realize until I finally watched all of the James Bond films recently. I knew that it was a bit of a Bond spoof, but I had no idea just how directly it was parodying everything about these films. And of course, The Spy Who Shagged Me is a very direct play on The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, the 1977 James Bond film. Anyways, this one's hilarious. Austin Powers, he loses his mojo, and he's got to get it back. What could be a more hilarious plot line for the, for Austin Powers? And it's just Mike Myers in this stage of his career is just an absolute genius. I mean, this character is a powerhouse from his from his you know quotable lines to just just everything he does to his to his outfit to his hairy chest. He's one of a kind and it never, ever, ever, ever gets old for me. I am just laughing the whole time. Seth Green is fantastic in this. You've got Rob Lowe in this one playing the younger, the younger number two. Yes. What's her name that comes back, of course. Oh, Mindy Sterling. She's so great in these. And Robert Wagner, of course, is the is the regular age number two. We've got Will Ferrell in here. We've got Will Ferrell in here before we all were obsessed with Will Ferrell. Fred Willard. I mean, an amazing Woody Harrelson cameo as himself yeah. at the very end. Well, that's right. Yep. It's uh, when they're all, it looks like a big giant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just this uh, Heather Graham, Felicity Shagwell. I mean, every time I just hear, yeah, baby, or, you make me Randy. I just, I cannot help it. It is just Mike Myers is a fucking genius with this character. I love it. I could go on forever. With all of his characters. I mean, Dr. Evil is so good. I, oh. I love the sex scene with Mindy Sterling in this one. Oh it's God, like, yes. Don't worry, mama. It won't get weird. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, uh, just the just the two of us. Dr. Oh, Evil and Mini-Me. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, their whole dynamic for Troy is fucking amazing. Amazing. I was at a grocery store once, and that song was playing. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as the grocery stores play all the hits, and the original, Bill Withers, was playing. And the woman who was, like, uh, the cashier was like, I love this in Awesome Powers. And I go, yeah, it's incredible. She goes, I can't, like, when did this guy remake it? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, what? Did you think the Austin Powers with about him and his, his mini clone was the original version of this song? Oh my God. 
<laughs> Actually, now that we're thinking about it, that would have been a very good choice for songs and movies. The podcast you should go listen to right now. Of so ours. true. Available where podcasts are available. We missed, <laughs> we missed another iconic Mike Myers. That's Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World. Yeah, true story. I cannot hear, cannot hear yes. Bohemian Rhapsody, oh and not, not do the head banging and not think of Wayne's World. Great point. Mike Myers, fucking genius. Um, Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged Me. I completely agree. It's so, so funny. Mini Me was like, I, I lost my mind. Like this was the funniest idea in the whole world. At the fact that like he, he just loved him so much more than he loved Seth. Just, just really, really did it for me. This is the one you also you get the you get Seth uh, on like it's on Springer, right? Yes, yes. That whole scene on Springer, right? It's so good, the Springer stuff. Yeah, it was, and the the first one is great. And you're right, the first one I think, um, I mean, it's super funny. Obviously, the character the character work is is still there. Um, Like I said, Elizabeth Hurley is just you know lights out, wonderful at everything she touches. but yeah, I think the second one, they were like, oh, the first one worked. Okay, what do you really want to do? And then he just got to go a little bit bigger. And uh, and I, I think we are all we are all grateful that that happened. Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, amazing pick. And I, I'm happy to say that. I, so I do have something spy-y coming up. Um, but I, was, I definitely took the risk not putting this on here, knowing that you'd go something Austin Powers. Amazing. And you dressed as Austin Powers for Halloween is... Just some of my favorite pictures ever, really. Thank you. Dare, I mean, I'm very proud of that costume. Favorite costume I ever had. Look, that's very awesome. I, that's Tosh, I went all out. I went to thrift stores around Boston and I got everything. I had an electric blue like blazer. I had yeah. the ruffles coming out. I Get had, out. I had the, uh, the mail really sign necklace. I had everything. <laughs> Did you have the platforms? I that is the only thing I did not have. That is the only thing. I'm tall though, so it's okay. Oh, that helps. Okay, that helps. Yeah, yeah. That's so uh, funny. It's great. Oh, it's I'll great. have to. I'll send you a pic. I actually maybe I'll have to post one for the episode this yeah, week. Yeah, do that. I will. Sure. I will. I think the other thing too with with two. I think you've seen this a couple of times with some movies, but like the drop from two to three just felt so much worse yeah. than it actually then maybe that actually was because two was so great fully agree um like three is pretty good if you had watched one then went to three like this isn't bad but two is just it's unbelievably funny it's exactly and three is like clearly at least in my opinion clearly the the worst one but we're still being an enjoyable solid film yeah but yeah it's it's a it's a heavy drop from two and the one thing I always remember about three is that amazing sort of cameo by who is it? It's like Tom Cruise and whatever, like in the movie within the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Three is really not bad. I like that direction. Uh, I think Beyonce is pretty good in it. She and, is. Uh, and uh, I hadn't seen Goldfinger when that movie came out, but I'll have to rewatch it now because thinking back, like, some of that is is like we said about the first one down. Some of that is a little bit more uh, well observed, and I think I would have given it credit for uh, back in the day. I definitely agree there. They did need to take things in a different direction. In that two was one on a much bigger scale with more characters, and it carried it on. But three did need to go somewhere else. So I applaud yeah. them for going in another direction. Yeah, I totally agree. I was going to say that you know one of the one of the things that. Um, 
you know, by taking on a franchise like this, like there's so many James Bond movies, right? So you have like this wealth that you can pull from to do parody work too, but you also don't want to just throw everything at it at once because then the movie that you're making will get really convoluted and like it won't be nearly as enjoyable if it just feels like every single moment is a just a, a parody scene. And I don't think that, that, that this, this franchise could have done that and doesn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and two especially has has its own identity. It's going less in the direct parody, like like scary movie too. Yeah, agreed. It kind of goes its own way, uh, which really works. Yeah, uh, so I guess that's me for my number two pick, right? Yes. Okay, so this one is definitely heavy on satire, um, but I believe it would also count as a parody. If it really doesn't, I am prepared to sub in. So this is 2011's The Cabin in the Woods. So I went back and forth with a buddy about, about this. I was telling him about that we were doing, you know, because obviously I I was very braggadocious about coming on with you gentlemen. And, uh, and we talked about this. And it's funny, he and I split it. He said it was a parody. And I landed closer to satire. So I'll throw it to town. You can be the 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 judgment call there, the tie break, if you will. So I had a similar conversation or two with a couple friends on on Cabin in the Woods cuz I mean it's fantastic but uh mm-hmm. I ended up veering to leave it off but with that said I wasn't so far off on it that I wouldn't let it slide I think it's within our realm that we're talking about I I personally think it leans slightly more on the end of satire but you can argue it and it's a fucking awesome movie, so I say we let it go. I mean, okay. I'm gonna Deal. give. I'm gonna give the whole shebang. I'm giving the a- case for parody, the case for satire, and my substitute pick. Here right? we so go. Here we go. go. It, it, it is a parody because it does. I mean, it, it obviously pl- it's you know if parody is imitating and sort of exaggerating for humor, it definitely does that. Definitely. It, you know the, the the it's obviously it's picking on you know Evil Dead and a ton of other movies that take place at cabins in the woods and and sort of slashers in general. Uh, but like when the door to the cellar opens from the wind and they're like, oh, it's it's probably just the wind. And they're like, on like, what fucking sense does that make? <laughs> and like what the people are doing is they try to make the blondes like both dumber and hornier. Uh, and like they the way like the harbinger, like the, the character that's always like they meet at the gas station that's always like try to warn them. Uh-huh. He calls and they put him on speakerphone and they just start making fun of like how ridiculous he sounds. So there are like a bunch of moments like that. But... It's very clearly a satire on on sort of the genre in general, on like torture porn and kind of the viewing experience on on corporate America and sort of the one percent uh, like muddied interests and how those things play out. So that all is absolutely happening. Which put it all together and it makes super interesting, super super fun uh, movie. Awesome to see Chris Hemsworth in there. Uh, and and then you know Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford are fucking amazing together, and then Sigourney Weaver uh, throw it in there as well. It's a really great film and a super super ambitious film for you know first time director Drew Goddard. Yeah, I mean Drew is yeah, and Drew has proven himself to be quite good later stuff too. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I so I, I probably would say it might be. 55% satire. I might even agree with that. But the parody stuff, I did watch it again this morning just to kind of make sure. But the parody stuff absolutely kills me. It's a little bit blacker um, than some of the sillier ones we've talked about. But I think you could easily make the case 
for both. I definitely, I agree with you there for sure. And I mean, this movie, this was a game changer. I remember when it came out, it was so its own thing, so original. Um, I feel like it really surprised literally the entire world. And it's just a hell of a lot of fun, hysterical, fucking innovative. This this is just an all around top tier film. Yeah, and and obviously, so this is my sort of horror one. I mentioned I'm kind of going by genres, and if I didn't pick this, as I'm sure Town and people that know me would already tell you, it has to be one of the greatest films ever made, Club Dread. Oh my, which almost was on my mind as well, and. Oh, the amount of that broken time. lizard. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, underappreciated broken lizard. The film. most underappreciated broken lizard film. Okay, I, I admittedly have never seen it, so I will oh put that God, at the Coach. top of my list. Mike, Mike is honestly the man that brought it into my life, Kosh. When we were freshmen in college, there was a few films. We've we've said this a little bit in a couple past episodes, but there was a few films we always watched, like once every month or two. And it was The Lion King, it was Bad Boys 2, and it was Club Dread. And Club Dread, the other two I already loved, but Mike brought my love to Club Dread. I had never seen it. I had always been like, oh, yeah, it's sort of the one that people don't, you know, it's it's not Super Troopers, it's not Beer Fest. And Mike was like, no, 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 no. You got to watch this movie. And it is just, I mean, it's it's so good. And and Bill Pax, it's Bill, yeah, Bill Paxton is yeah, ridiculous so in it. He's good. so good. It's like the secret ingredient in coconut peats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, coconut. Yes, goddamn it. Yes, <laughs> incredible. And this um, is another one that it's 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 mostly calling on tropes, um, but it really takes on its own identity as well. So I think you'll enjoy it either way, Coach. Yeah. Oh, I I will definitely go watch it. Um, I had a cu- couple of things for you on Cabin in the Woods. Um, first, need to shout out an incredible actress, lovely human being, Anna Hutchison, um, who I've had the pleasure of working with and knowing for a while. Who um, She's the blonde Jules in that movie. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of the nicest, most lovely people you will ever meet. Um, she's also um, a Kiwi. She's from New Zealand. So bonus points for her. Yeah, um, we love New Zealand. She's also great in, in a small role. Yes, absolutely. And she like she's been in a bunch of stuff and, and definitely check out some she was a Power Ranger, um, which is cool. Ooh. Um yeah, she's yeah, she's she was in Spartacus, that show that was on uh Stars. Um talented woman. But Cabin in the Woods I thought was was probably one of the most surprised I think I had been in a movie uh, in a long time because you just like when it gets down and, and shows the guys and shows Bradley Woodford, you're like, wait, what is actually happening yes. here? Yeah. This is brilliant brilliant um so so smart and you're like oh yeah i i think this movie is is absolutely genius um other fun fact about it um so i had uh in case this has not come across yet i'm kind of a big geek and comic-con was like my favorite place to be i loved it more than my own birthday and so i remember going to comic-con and seeing the poster for this movie in like 2010 and then being like this movie's it's never coming out. Why is it never coming out? And it ended up being on the shelf because they ran to like some sort of money issues. Um, uh, it was, uh, it was, I think it was an MGM movie. Um, 
and uh, and like literally sat on the shelf for a year. Then I went to Lionsgate in 2011, um, but it wasn't until after Thor had come out, and now Chris Hemsworth is this gargantuan international star, and Lionsgate is like, oh, we have a movie that has him in it. Yes. And they end up releasing this movie like I think the end of like 2011, and then like world like a, a bigger release in April of 2012. I think um, it's so funny though. It's it's brilliant. I think you're right. It's not the like same silliness that a lot of these other movies that we've talked about so far, um, which I think also proves a little bit of like what parody can do. Yeah. Um, so yes, I'm I'm happy that we we acquiesced and talked about it. I think we've really managed to talk about this movie without fully giving everything away. I'm proud of so, us. So kudos for us. And if you haven't seen this, don't read anything about it. You're you're in for a treat. No, totally agree. Amen. To totally that. agree. Also, didn't want everybody to think that Drew Goddard was new. Like he was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and like Angel and other things. The guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and Joss, Joss obviously, you know, uh, go wrote this movie and produced mm-hmm. it as well. So. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, we've come to the the big moment the big big moment it's, yeah. it's number one we're here we're number one over to coach no clue what this is gonna be i i cannot wait all right gentlemen number one and might there might be there, you might have the same pick that i do um Ooh. from some from some of the the crumbs that you dropped Ooh. um there's, I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking about the greatest parody movies of all time, and I think some of the funniest movies of all time. And arguably, I think if you did a breakdown of jokes per minute, this may actually have more jokes per minute than any other film ever. You're literally describing my number one right now. I okay. Wait. I'm pretty sure that's what it is then. So I'm going to go with 1980. Am I in there? No, no, it's not. Oh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. All right. Uh, what a curveball. 1980s airplane. Oh. So I will I will just reiterate that Town and I have said previously on the pod, we are not massive airplane fans. We are oh, not. that's right. I forgot that you guys brought that up in the cameo thing. Interesting. Okay. But you're in the hey, right the, ballpark. That's why we need you, because for most people, this is one of the goats, and... We need you to tell the people why it is because we've told them why it isn't for us. Oh, goodness. Okay, great. Wow. <laughs> I'm really excited right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, because uh, uh, Mike, you mentioned you mentioned Zaz. And I was like, yes. okay, well, clearly we're going to be, we're going to be talking about airplane, but we are. It's just going to be a little bit more me than a little bit less us. But still, <laughs> here we are. Um, 1980 airplane. So a couple of things from the actual like parody of it all. Um, first, uh, it parodies a, a, a certain type of film, like these like kind of disaster uh, type uh, movies that came out around the same time. Um, Airport was a movie um, that came out before this as well. But there's actually a movie called Zero Hour, um, which also... So the official title for Airplane is Airplane with an exclamation mark. Um, an exclamation point. So the there's an original um, movie called Zero Hour exclamation point. It's from 1957. Um, that uh, the guys um, who who made this movie saw it on TV and were watching it and were so kind of enthralled with like the fact that this would be the perfect structure for a movie that they took so much from it that they actually had to acquire the rights to make a remake of it because they were afraid that it wouldn't be considered parody because it was so close um, to a lot of points in the same movie. 
Um, I think you know what? It's funny. I think now that I remember that I remember you guys talked about like Leslie Nielsen um, when you mentioned Airplane um, and like the idea that like you know we've we've come to know him as you know this this kind of comedy funny guy, but. Leslie, like a lot of these guys, Leslie Nielsen and Lloyd Bridges um, and uh, and Robert Stack, these guys weren't comedians. They were not taking comedic roles. They were as dramatic actors as you could find at that time. Um, so the decision to put them in the lead and playing these straight characters, but for comedy, was a new idea and like changed everything about the rest of their careers like we all think we know leslie nielsen you know from other films oh i know exactly what your last pick is going to be great i'm so excited about that too i don't know why it took me this long (laughs) for that to click goodness um but uh uh that wasn't the he had never played that kind of role before airplane um it's chock full of one-liners left right and center at the very beginning of the movie um for for those of you who don't know what airplane is about it is literally about a a a one specific airplane um and it's during its flight a whole bunch of stuff happens um lightning storm all these things and like will they crash won't they crash um and it's it's just incredibly funny kareem abdul jabbar which we have established not a cameo but a full-blown role um but kareem abdul jabbar is the uh is the co-pilot um uh robert stack is the pilot um uh leslie nielsen is just one, is one of the passengers um lloyd bridges is like the the head of um uh air traffic control um there are one-liners all over the place the surely you can't the surely you can't call sorry surely you can't be serious yes i am and don't call me shirley uh yeah. comes from this um i picked a bad week to stop smelling glue um <laughs> comes from this um there's just so many, uh, and like I said, so many jokes. The the very beginning of the movie, you are like the it's like a big wide shot of the airport itself, and you can hear the like airport voices, you know, like talking about like this flight is doing this, or if you came to park here. But if you pay attention, it's a male and a female voice, and after like the second thing, they start arguing with each other because they're a married couple, and it's <laughs> it just starts there and just keeps going. It's so difficult because you're making all these great arguments for, and it's like, okay, this is the thing. That's, this is what I think it is for me. And maybe Mike too, is that first of all, I think I didn't see it when I would have needed to. Like I, I saw it for my first time coach this year. Okay. Yeah. Which that's a big problem. I feel like seeing it in your childhood makes a difference and seeing it now. And also being born, you know, a little bit later where I was born in 89. So it was a bit after the film came out. And I mean, quite a bit after nine years, but I don't know, there was something about it that didn't hit for me. Like, I don't know. I don't know, Mike, you need to take it from me. No, I, it's it's funny because like, you know, well, we're going to talk about another one, so I won't mention it. But with Zaz films, like I'm, I think Naked Gun is pretty solid. Uh, hot shots. I'm, I'm mixed even between the two. Uh, even like basketball, I'm not a massive fan of. We've talked about that. Um, and and airplanes the same. Like it's even movie to movie. You know the jokes can be so subjective. It's not like I think it's bad, but I also don't have like a childhood connection. Um, and it just yeah. When I did watch, it didn't totally resonate for me. Probably deserves a rewatch at this stage, but it's not. 
yeah, it's not one that sticks out uh, as being super funny to me. Though ditto on ditto what you said on Leslie Nielsen though, and also like his his character in Creep Show is like the worst villain ever. Right. Oh. Ugh. And Leslie God. is like such a such an important figure in just film in general. I feel like. Right, and the funny thing too though is like he also has become the you know um, became the like straight man for parodies role. You know, like kind of after airplane a lot of his big big roles that was the you know that's what he started to do um and i don't know i i love it i think it is incredibly funny the the idea of like the kid the kid comes to the cockpit like remember when that was a thing like when kids got to like visit the cockpit like that was a big deal right Mm -hmm. and like it just starts asking him all these random questions and at one point it's like timmy you ever been to a turkish prison Jimmy, you ever, you ever seen a grown man naked? Like, it's just so, <laughs> it's so incredibly ridiculous. And the whole thing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, yeah. is really, really funny. Um, like I said, it's it's constant, constant jokes um, throughout the whole film. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a, a different, it's funny, so much now that we have seen and we have come to be familiar with like it all has to start somewhere. And I think airplane was one of those places where it was like, this is being done for the first time. And so now like a lot of the stuff that we maybe don't find as funny because we've become, it's become so familiar. Um, yeah, true. You lose some of that now. Yes. It's, it's inarguably one of the most important comedies. hundred totally percent. agree with you there. And, 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 and one of the most important parodies without question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. I think. I think that's also a reason why I put it at my at my top slot. And I, I kind of moved. I moved my list around a handful of times, but that was always between one and two. You know, like, is it gonna be Airplane? Is it gonna be Kung Pao? I don't like which one has had a bigger impact on comedy. Mm-hmm. No, please, it was always gonna be above Kung Pao, <laughs> but you know, at least just barely. Yeah, but I definitely owe it a rewatch though. Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd Bridges in that movie, oh, like yes, when yeah. he gets so high on the sniffing of the glue, and it's like, and it's funny too, Mike, because you're talking about him in in Hot Shots, right? Yeah. We never would have had him in Hot Shots if we didn't get him like this in Airplane. No, 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 for sure. It's it's. I'm very glad you have it on the list because it's so important to this genre, and we need someone repping it. You know, that's what I'm here for, gentlemen. You know, to finally fight for the underdog, like <laughs> Airplane. <laughs> Doesn't get the one that gets no love anywhere. Definitely isn't considered in the top five funniest films of all time or anything. Oh my god! <laughs> all right, well, Mike, we know you're number one. We know mine. Yours is still a mystery, but mine is 2001's "Not Another Teen Movie." Holy shit! I did not think going into this, this was going to be my number one. I did think it was probably going to be on my list because I have very fond memories of it. But after watching it, I was like, I could not believe, for me at least, how well it held up. I could not believe how many films it parodies and just how just perfectly. And it just truly, I just did not stop chuckling having a good time. You know, I know Chris Evans is a big, big movie star now, and this was his very first theatrical role, but this is one of my favorite fucking Chris Evans roles as Jake Weiler. It's just so good. And, I mean, so if if you're unfamiliar 
starting just with the title, not another teen movie. They parody every fucking teen movie from the 80s to the 90s to, you know, 2001 when this is made. I'd say at most parodies, if you had to pick one movie, it's She's All That because of the plot line of the film where Chris Evans' character, uh, Jake Weiler, he is dared by one of his jock friends that, you know, they're going to pick a girl and he's going to have to, like, give her a whole makeover and take her to the prom. And that girl's Janie Briggs in this. And everything is done to perfection. They may, I'm just going to list off all the movies they hit. They hit, besides She's All That, Varsity Blues, Can't Hardly Wait. You've got American Pie, Cruel Intentions, Bring It On, The Breakfast Club with Paul Gleason actually being in this as like his character. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You uh, with the slow clap guy being the same in each film. Pretty in Pink. They even <laughs> the spoke. Like, I know the slow clap guy. Even the Karate Kid. Fucking. Um, they even have the amazing soundtrack, just like all the teen movies of the time. You know, I, I forget all the songs, but they have Kiss. You know, Kiss Me. They have My Hero by Foo Fighters. Good Charlotte is literally the band playing at the prom, and this one just hits everything so fucking good. You've got Reggie Ray. Who again? Another person that plays the same role, Ron Lester, rest may rest in peace. Who in Varsity Blues also plays Billy Bob. And then you've got Token Black guy, and it's just like what's what's the three phrases, Mike? It's uh, oh, it's uh, uh, that is whack. That that is whack is the last one. Shit, maybe shit, damn, and that is whack. Yeah, it's something like that. I know it ends with that is whack. But then of course the guy that's playing Oz and like the American Pie crew. Um, Jake's sister in the movie, Catherine, who's like Cruel Intentions. Mr. T playing almost like the Rudy type janitor. (laughs) (laughs) Molly Ringwald with her amazing kid. Yes. 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 It's just, it never stops. It does not stop. And Sean Patrick Thomas is the other token black guy. Show up at the party party. and he's like, hey. He's like, oh, my bad, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Also, the the Nadia Shannon Elizabeth character that's just the yep. nude for it. Areola. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and like the random time they break into musical towards the end of the film. Um, also, just an amazing... There's so many funny moments, but one that just had me hysterically laughing this go-round is when he does the whipped cream scene from Varsity Blues. Mm-hmm. When he turns around and the banana is just sticking out of his ass. It's so funny. Yeah, so town. I mean, you've you've hit it, but you know, compared to like Scary Movie, which is basically doing two movies, mm-hmm. this is doing dozens of films in in a way that's like a cohesive plot. Yes, like it, it totally works. And then you've you've pointed out a few, but some of the characters are just so well observed. Yep. So Sam Huntington, who plays Oz from American Pie, is literally exactly him. It's he like is a amazing. Yep. And Mia Kirshner, who plays Sarah Michelle Gellar from Cruel Intentions, is like absolutely 100% capturing what that character is about. And even uh, Lacey Chabert, who's in uh, Mean Girls as well, uh, she does like Jennifer Love Hewitt's character from Can't Hardly Wait with basically just walking into a room and saying nothing. She's just like, it's the little things that she does that like, it totally works. Mm-hmm. It's just so dense with parody and they're all so fucking good. I, I literally couldn't believe how much better this was than I remembered. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I even had fond memories of it and I was like, this actually is fantastic. Like, 
this this I, wasn't I just an old school thing. I don't know how you could have made a better parody about this topic. Like, there's nothing that I could really find wrong with this movie. It's doing parody at such a high level. Such a high level. I mean the the American Beauty. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Like, oh my get god! Out of here! Like that! Like. That movie was, I mean, that won the Oscar for Best Picture, and they just destroy it so perfectly um, with the bag and, like, the kid himself. And then, like, Jamie Presley um, as the cheerleader, like, the moment where they walk in and it sounds like they're having sex, she's just banging the headboard with her hands. (laughs) Yeah, and she's so, and then, like, all the bring it on moments are great. Yes. It's like, oh, it's already been brought in. And they're like, "We we don't steal cheers. And they're like, we're definitely not white. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh god. It's so good too. And you know what's interesting is like this this movie and scary movie um were I mean like the the peak if you will of those kinds of movies. Um Yes. And then you had like a run that was just less than great of yeah. movies attempting to do the same type of thing um they were so yeah, bad they were they were pretty terrible i actually have the i have i have the list here um they weren't good uh and they were all like either written or produced or directed by the same two guys oh, uh, jason friedberg and aaron seltzer who did scary movie so they like you know had had a hit um and then they did date movie uh epic movie nope uh meet the spartans um uh, I think the superhero movie, and those just weren't. They were they were less than less than swell. But yeah. not another team well, movie is genius. Also genius. hilariously produced by Neil uh, Moritz from Fast and Furious. Yes, exactly. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so true. Yeah, this is truly, truly parody at its its highest level. I don't know what could have been done to make it better or co- cover more movies. Also gives us one of the greatest memes of all time. Um, in the the moment where Chris is looking at the picture of himself, and it has been replaced <laughs> with Captain America, yes, yes, incredible! It's so great to have Chris Evans in there. It really, it adds really it. is. It makes it a great rewatch. It's like yes, going back now, it's just even more rich because of the fact of who Chris Evans has become. Yes, completely agreed. He's so funny. Um, great pick. I had like, I mean, it was absolutely like immediate on my honorables. Um, and if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, I was hoping that one of you gentlemen would have it so that we could, we could get into it. Um, but yeah, it's so good. But I, the only thing I, I should mention that I, I don't feel great about this now, but like the, the line that I always used to say from this movie that I almost forgot was even from it because I kind of just forgot about the movie, but uh, you know, they redo their breakfast club scene with town, as you mentioned, with Paul Gleason right, reprising his role. Where he just goes, shut your hole, Wang Chung. It's just, like, it's, it's just so mean. It's oh, so God. Mean. It's, it's so good. Also, like, that, like, people seeing that at the time would be like, who's Wang Chung? Like, yes. or like watching it now, like, that just completely goes over everybody's head. Yeah, it's absolutely not going to land no. uh, at all now. But yeah, so, so, so good. And shout out Good Charlotte for being the band that's in the deep movie. There you go. Um, okay, well, that leads me to my number one. Big moment of I truth think, here. I think Coach has deduced it. Um, but for anyone paying attention to the clues, you might have as well. That is 1984's Top Secret 
exclamation mark. There it is, folks. Yeah. I've never seen it. It's so fucking good, Town. It's, 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 it's another, very good. Wow, okay. It's another Zaz film, Zucker, Abrams, not JJ, Jim, Zucker. Um, it's, uh, I would say, I don't know, tell me what you think, Coach, but I think this is probably their least celebrated one. Absolutely. Um, at, at least widely. I think critically it's it's quite well-reviewed, but you know, a lot of people haven't seen it. Yeah, um, and I, I was, I don't remember, I think I saw it in high school. I wasn't expecting much from it because, again, like I didn't love Airplane. But this just fucking blew me away. And especially the second half, it is so dense with jokes. There's like a gag every 30 seconds. It is a, it's a parody of kind of like, it's a spy type thing, but it's more like the World War II spy movies. It's technically uh, post-World War II. And then also uh, Val Kilmer, who's the lead, he basically plays like uh, an Elvis character. So it's it's caused a lot of fun to like the Elvis movies. Um, which are obviously they're basically parodies of themselves. They're so ridiculous, but right. um, and Val Kilmer's fucking <laughs> incredible in it. And there's just there's so so many gags, so many like uh, sight gags and like forced perspective type stuff. Like there's a guy with like uh, you know they go in and he's like holding a magnifying glass to his face, so his eye looks big, and then he pulls it away, and that's actually like his real eye. <laughs> or like you know they're going to leave a train station. And it looks like the train is pulling away, but it's actually the platform is like going the other way. Um, so many like puns, you know, that when they meet all the guys in the French resistance, they're all named like uh, like souffle and montage. And then they get to deja vu. It's just like, have we not met before, monsieur? It's, and the main guy is chocolate mousse. It's just absolutely incredible. Literally so, so, so many gags. It, was, it does not get better for me. It's incredibly funny yeah it's it's so it's so funny the it doesn't have the same number of uh like cameos um that you that you get from airplanes so you get to kind of spend more time with this cast and like i don't know what a vehicle for val kilmer he pulls it off so so well it might be my favorite val kilmer role it's because he's so charming and like we forget that like how incredibly charming val kilmer is i want to say was he's still very much alive but like we just haven't seen him act as, as recently maybe I he'll be know. the next McGruber. i miss that man uh but yeah you're right there isn't i and i did read today that they kind of deliberately went away from the cameos to sort of reserve that to be kind of like airplane special thing um, but there is like a low-key peter cushing role and, and omar sharif is in there as well yeah but ten you you absolutely have to watch this i this absolutely will it's really good and like zaz like you know the the stuff that they were able to do. I mean, we talked we we touched very briefly on you know Naked Gun, which we could talk about more in the honorables, but it's also another one of my favorites. Um, uh, Kentucky Fried Movie. Um, yeah. If, if if you've never seen that, please go please go watch that. It's got some amazing scenes in it. But yeah, Top Secret. Like, I don't know. For me, a lot of these parody movies are like if I was able to make a movie, it's either going to be something like this, like I need to be inspired by somebody else. Or I'm going to make a Fast and Furious movie just because I need something that everybody is cool that I don't entirely know what I'm doing and it could just go off the rails at any moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so shall we recap quickly and then move to honorables? We shall. Coach, lead us off. All righty. My number five is UHF. 
Uh, four is don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Number three is Kung Pao and to the fist. Uh, number two is Robin Hood Men in Tights. And number one is Airplane. Amazing. For me, number five, Spaceballs. Number four, Scary Movie. Number three, Team America World Police. Number two, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. And number one, Not Another Teen Movie. I am five, Kung Fu Hustle. Four, Hot Shots Part Two. Three, Not Another Teen Movie. Two, Cabin in the Woods. And one, Top Secret! Exclamation mark. Yes. Fantastic. Love Can't the exclamation mark. You made sure to mention it for airplanes. So it's important. You know, I don't want anybody Googling airplane and just, you know, looking up actual flights and stuff. So. <laughs> top, top secret. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you could find yourself down a CIA rabbit hole. Exactly. We're not trying to get your computer flagged, folks. So. Oh, my God. Um, does everyone want to throw out a few honorables? Um, you, you know, what's funny is actually uh, so many of what I put on my list has already been discussed. Um, Same. Which is great. I, I did have one that didn't get called out. CB4. Oh, you oh, know yeah, what? Yeah. I've I haven't seen in a that's another one that I've always meant to see. UHF, CB4, yeah, Jesus. All these films. We didn't really do any of like sort of the music mockumentaries, but obviously yeah. before Spinal Tap, Walk Hard, Hard yeah. the Mighty Wind. Well, so one that like is on honestly, there's my two top honorables, I both consider more satires than parodies, which is the only reason I didn't have them, because I actually like them. They're up there in like my favorite films, but one is Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I fucking love. But but again, a bit more of a satire. And then yeah. this one is debatable. I had it at number one, actually, you know, for everyone listening for a certain portion of the week. I talked to a couple friends about it and they said I had to take it off because it was more a satire, although it does parody. Some very specific war films, but that would be Tropic Thunder. I think that's a parody. Well, you know what? I ended up, when I thought about it, it is more about like making fun of just Hollywood at large and how they go about these pictures. It does parody specific films like, you know, your Platoon or Apocalypse Now, but I ended up leaning more on the side of satire. I also didn't want to get reamed out on like a... You know, if it if you guys were like no fucking way, but like that is one of my favorite movies ever, and I had to at least talk about it in the honorables. But I'm, I myself, I think it's a little bit more satire, but it does have parody elements. Yeah, I recently rewatched that, and God bless it, is it just hysterical? Everybody is so funny. Now, what's interesting too is you get the, um, but from specific parodies of that movie is actually the the trailers. Of oh the my other god. movies oh my the actors god. have been in are like direct, direct. And They're so fucking funny. Oh my yeah. god, those trailers. The everyone's on the top of their game there. I mean, that's yeah. where everyone finally saw Tom Cruise in a bit of a different light because he just was poking fun at himself. Just I mean, that character that he plays is unbelievable. McConaughey, I think that's the start of the McConaughey right there. Is fucking tropic thunder and then it leads him up to all these big roles that he ends up taking it just fucking shows up with the team with the (laughs) team and this is obviously well talked about at this point but i mean there's there's two big no-nos in this movie that make it an interesting watch no no matter what you think of it yes and they both get the the greatest thing about both of them is how much the films each deal with them 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like that's the best part. It's not like it's a secret. They're like, "What are you actually doing right now?" Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bold choice to even do it to have that yeah. conversation. Very. Very. Uh, but yeah, Coach, I think we interrupted your honorable. Oh no, I was just saying, walk hard was another one. Um, I think oh, we, yeah. we briefly mentioned, but like uh, the the Dewey Cox story is so funny. Um, John C. Riley, who has had like there's. John C. Riley and James Marsden are going to be two guys that eventually somebody's going to discover their full filmography and go, holy shit, what careers. Um, <laughs> and I'm just waiting for them to get their, agree their, more. their proper respect. Um, but uh, yeah, that one is 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 incredibly funny. Um, it's some very specific, direct parody moments. Um, and like I said, CB4, if you have not seen CB4 in a long time, talk about Chris Rock um, and how oh, just yeah. really funny he is. Um, that's definitely another one that I would I would definitely check out. Amazing. Mike, what do you got? Uh, let's see. Stuff that we haven't covered. There is uh, MacGruber, which is, is basically yep. a parody of Hot Guyver. Yeah. It's like it's like it's a, a double parody. Like it's so far over the top. Uh, you know, horror ones we didn't talk about are Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I think is really funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Hot Fuzz. I guess what we do in the shadows. Uh, I, I popped around a few lists today and I saw that mentioned. I definitely prefer the TV show, but uh, if you haven't seen that, check it out. Um, and I, I we've already talked about on the pod Black Dynamite, or else I would have probably put that on my list. And I did use this occasion to watch Deadpool. Uh, oh. and I, yeah, I liked that. I thought that was good. Yeah. And I thought it was smart, uh, to make sort of a self self parody, uh, by Marvel of all these movies. Right. So mm-hmm. go ahead, Tom. Yeah. I, again, my probably main two were pop star Tropic Thunder. Um, other than that, I have a bunch of ones that you guys have already mentioned. And then I'd say one more that leans more satire than parody, but I know some people on the internet make the argument for the parody. A film that I love is This Is The End. Oh, yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. Which some people seem to think is a bit of a parody on, you know, sort of apocalypse-type films. I think it's a bit more of a satire, but I love it, so I figured I'd throw it out there. And then a movie that I have to be completely honest, I did not even get around to rewatching this week, but that I just have good memories from when I was a kid. Gone with the Wind? Of course. How'd you know? <laughs> Undercover Brother. Oh, yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen that. Yes. Oh, oh man. I've not seen Undercover Brother in a I while. I had to give it a shout. I had to give it a shout because it has. It really was a a piece of my childhood that I loved. Yeah, that's it for me. Nice. Oh, uh, Spy Hard, if you want one more uh, James Bond-esque parody movie. Spy there you Hard. Go. Uh, which I believe also stars Leslie Nielsen. Uh, it does. The, the title song sung by Weird Al Yankovic, the aforementioned. Oh um, Albuquerque. And, uh, and we briefly mentioned it, but to me, Naked Gun is is great and is one of those parody movies where the like the older you get, more jokes you start to realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and whenever I've dry, I remember the first time um, – I drove down to San Diego from LA, which actually was to Comic-Con and I passed those. I don't know what they actually are. I don't know if there's some sort of like satellite thing or like power plant thing. I don't know, but they're these two domed buildings 
that are referenced in Naked Gun where he's talking about being broken up with. And he's like, everywhere I look reminds me of her. And they're these two like breast shaped buildings <laughs> that are on your way to San Diego. And the first time I drove by it, I was like, hey, Naked Gun, that's awesome. They're real. <laughs> also, uh, just while like similar movie, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. Have you guys seen that? It's a bit underseen uh, in the canon. I haven't. I haven't. It's, it's, I know of it, but I don't think I've actually ever seen it. It's obviously like a Lethal Weapon parody, mm-hmm. but the two mains are Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson. Great. It, it works. It's pretty good. Great. Uh, gentlemen, This I had so much fun with uh, doing this here with you guys. Uh, us as well. Like This was just... I feel like so we've had so many laughs. This has been, dare I say, one of my favorite episodes thus far you make me blush (laughs) (laughs) oh but oh man well coach thank you for coming on it's it's all it's always a pleasure to have you yeah coach where's what's all your socials your plugs yeah absolutely um i'm on twitter uh, at kosher d um and instagram at at kosher underscore d and uh please 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 go ahead and check out the stand-up special on youtube tiny hat big jokes um the uh it's it's definitely worth a watch if you've got an hour and like like to see some ha-has um one of the funniest things to me since then is i have a joke about not being able to grow a beard and it took quarantine but i just gave up and was like oh wow look what happened so now i can't use that joke on stage ever again but uh, <laughs> now, now you've got a big old enjoyment beard. yeah watch out world look at that grew it myself wow covid did work wonders for some you know you in all some you have instances. to do is give up and stay inside your house folks and you too <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we can't wait to have you on again at one of these days. And until then, I think this will tide the people over because this has been wonderful. And to everyone out there, if you want to find us, Top Fives and Deep Dives on Instagram, Top Dives on Twitter. If you want to help us out for for free, go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, take you 10, 20 seconds. It means the world to us. We love you guys. We hope you had a happy July 4th. We'll see you next week. Top fives and deep dives. We're tired of PTM. Top fives and deep dives. We're tired of PTM. Top fives and deep dives. We're tired of PTM. Top fives and deep dives. We're tired of PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Quainton Tarantonius. That's a lot of nuts!